This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, that are uh, relevant, I think. And then, Adrava, we could, we could, you know, go back and forth a little bit, discuss it. First of all, so, so two things, two points I want to bring out. The first one is what it is that Da'ilam is doing, Chshivas of it. And then two points in terms of some things people need to take into account. The first thing is, there's a passing in Shmuel, Shmuel Aleph Ches. It says about Shmuel, every year he would go, he would go round and round, you know, to all the communities, go to all these places. He would return to Rama. Kishon basically, that's where his house was. So, first of all, the etzim point of it is, Shmuel Navi is the first, I don't want to say the word, full-time Navi we have. Shmuel is, is, is a manager of Yisrael in a way that we, we, he takes charge of Kali Yisrael and so on, then goes on to Mucha. And the thing that, the last thing it says about him is that he went around from place to place and was Shofet Klal Yisrael in these places. The, it's interesting, the second Pasuk, we have two Pesukim. One is, And then it says, It's almost a stira between the Pesukim. Um, the first one says it, it was kind of a mobile Shoftim um, station. He went around from place to place and 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 was show for them. And then it says that he would come back and and Mishpatai Yisrael. So Farshim say over here, um, you know, he he also he, when he went home, he didn't just rest up. He, he was shofed there also. But it is interesting the way the pasuk puts it. That's a, a point, and that point specifically we'll come back to maybe later. The next pasuk it says, "Ve'ikash is up in Shmuel, and he had children. They did not um, go in his drachim. They took So Chazal say, the Gemara says it, and, and shall I bring it here? It means they did not follow his hanhaga of going out to the Am and being shayfet them there. The specifically what it means about the Batsa, so it says that they want to be marbes char 
Chazanim Besoifrehim, and so on. But Al Kalpanim, the transition point between Shmuel and the Pagami afterwards was this Nekuda. Um, I, I think, in terms of the Hanhagat Siburis, the, the idea that we're Potter from going out to people where they are and be manic them because we build very strong central um, institutions is flies in the face of this Pasik. Um, this Pasik says that Shmuel made the rounds and he went to every community and was chafed at them. So, so it, it does say something here about I mean, we think of it today in terms of Kirov and things of that nature, but even without Kirov, the idea is a, a, the Danhag of Kaisal has a Chiv and a Chrais to go out to the places where people live and to, 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 to be manic um, them, wherever they are, to be shaved with them. And it's something that I think people in this framework and similar frameworks are realizing it. You know, it's, I, I think it's it's a message that's not heard loud enough. Um, maybe today we learn Shmuel Be'im, we never get the Ches, but this is Zion and Ches. So it's, it's there. It's a Gemara, or it's a, the Gemara speaks about in, in, in Shabbos, and the Gemara says, you know, the Gemara speaks about this. So Al-Kapanim, the first thing is, I think it's one of the things our Dur is a bit short. In the old Dur, um, when, when I was growing up, there was a big push to go out and to make schools in place and you know, places and so on and so forth. It, it, there was a certain Takanosa that very, very strong and wonderful institutions crept up in central places and people gravitated to that and they didn't go further out. So it, 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 it is a good thing that you have extremely <coughs> in the Kremis Atayra that are in very high Ramah, but um, it is something that does not excuse us from doing this with Shubhasa Ramasa. That's one point that I wanted to bring out that I think is, is, is something that we're doing that is extremely positive. I want to focus now on a, on a double challenge in the job of going out. In any, in the word going out means leaving the Dalai of Reza Medish. It says... Moshe um, Rabbeinu in, in Mishnah Torah is the beginning of Chazing over Torah and giving it over to Kal Yisrael. So it says that Moshe Rabbeinu did a few things. It says, "Be'ever a yard and Baritz Moav, whole Moshe bear as a Torah hazos leimot." Moshe Rabbeinu translated the Torah in Shivim Lashon. So. The question is, obviously, it's a very wonderful thing. I mean, this is, Moshe Rabbeinu does that, and then Moshe Rabbeinu um, begins the Torah and so on and so forth. So, so, first of all, what was the purpose of it? I mean, the Jews all were still living in the Midbar. They all still spoke Hebrew and Elosh HaKadosh, and that was it. In... in a few hundred years from now, there would be close to probably almost close to a thousand years, there would be a Golas and they would have other languages. Maybe they spoke other languages in the interim. Shim Lashen? Why? So obviously, that it's something that you can 
it, it's it's a preparation. The Svasemis says it allowed for Torah to be spoken, taught in any Russian. Had Moshe been not provided that uh, translation, he would not have been able to teach an Ayn Lashen. That's what he says. So it's Ke'ilu part of Torah, just as Ayn Panim Torah in terms of different facets of Torah. Torah is an Ayn Lashenis. So, so I want to ask a kasha. A few weeks ago, when we had a Sarbatavis and you read about the three terrible things, the one, the one of them is that they translated Torah to Yavonis. So, um, translating Torah to Yavonis is a terrible thing. It's a horrible, it's a tragedy, whatever it is. Here, this is what Moshe Rabbeinu does. First thing in Tvarim, which is his Torah, is translated. So, how do we understand the, um, the contrast between... I'm sure Yavonis is one guy in Russian. So, so if not only the translation of Yavonish, but in many other languages. I don't understand this to do so things. So, I, I want to address both of these points because they are two halves of, of the same issue. I misread Rashi. I didn't read Rashi correctly, deliberately. Rashi says, Beer Satorah, Beshivim Loshen, Pirshalahem. He explained it to them in Shivim Loshen. Let's understand a little bit something about the shyness. When it says by Dura Flogga that they had different, um, that, that they split apart, they couldn't understand each other. It doesn't mean, Lamashal, if in English it's bread and in Hebrew it's lechem, so the guy didn't know what lechem was, the guy didn't know what bread was. Could use Google Translate for that. That's not, that's not a problem. They, they, you know, they could have made, they could have a little picture, little grams, little, little pictographs of, of a piece of bread. Or they, a guy could have a dictionary. It's not, doesn't require a terribly knowledgeable person. <coughs> I was in Yom Malach yesterday, and I saw they have, whatever it is, they're doing a lot of fixing. So what used to be the, the mixed area, the mixed pool, became now the men's, whatever. So I looked at the sign. It says, this is the Berecham Urevet. And then they have, and then they know how long it's supposed to stay there, whatever. Then it has an English and in Russian. In English, Becham Revit is called the involved pool. <laughs> and I was scratching my head because I saw that first. I said involved, and then I realized he translated Mu'urav means to be involved. So he put it to Google Translate, and it says involved. That, that you know, it, it, it was it, 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 you know Mu'urav in, in Hebrew. The first translation would be would would be involved. And, uh, so I guess that's how he translated. But but that's not the problem. Is not translating words, nouns. Nouns are the easy ones to translate. What you're talking about is ideas, Lamashal, for, for um, I, I imagine somebody comes along and tells you, this person is an Ish Kaddish. It, it, it arouses a certain sense in you. If you say this person is a holy man, it sounds different, not quite the same. Um, if, if you say, uh, um, you know, and you say, may the glory of God be blessed, it, it's two separate feelings that, 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 that come up in you. When you, the same the idea, leadership, um, for, an American, for a Western, 
leadership, good leadership, is a person sitting, presiding over a town meeting, letting everybody have their say, calling for a fair vote, and getting things done. That's good leadership. For Russian, good leadership is somebody who knows what they're supposed to do, and knows how to get the idiots to shut up, and does what they're supposed to do. It, 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 you know, what we see as a, as a, as a what, what, what we see as a good leader, as they see as a nanny, and what they see as a good leader, we see as a tyrant. And, you know, it, it, that's why there's such, it, the misunderstanding arises from not having a sense of what the words mean. So, when, um, when you take something and explain it in another language, you understand that the primary language is X, and you are just explaining it. Um, it's just like a lot of times when you have these multinational corporations and they write contracts in many languages, they will write the primary language for this contract is going to be English, French, Spanish, meaning anytime there's a suffix and you have to be medaic or alumnus, it's going to be A or B or C, which one of them is the Ica and which one is, is a Pirish. So when you take Torah to be able to bring it to other people, Torah has to be able to be accessible to Kolboy Eilom. Yidendel will be there, or whatever. Eventually Torah shines out and the Torah of Torah is supposed to encompass the Bria. It needed a Pirish to explain to the other person what Torah is telling, what Torah is asking, and, and so on. That is positive. That's how Moshe Rabbeinu gave it. Just like in Torah, you have Pshat, and then you have Drush. Everyone understands that Drush is a second point away. A Pirush is a second point away. Kirgum means you treat this as the original. A translation is meant to be treated as much as if it would be the thing itself. An explanation, by just saying the word explanation, I'm saying it's not the Iker, it's, it's just kind of to give you an idea of it. When I'm presenting a translation, what I'm trying to do is actually put it in, make something else the Iker. The Madhvar let's take it, in both directions, this presents a tremendous challenge, and I want to explain why. When you go out, and this is ranges from any, any to anybody who's not a Yeshiva Holim, the message of Torah is going to be um, almost by definition um, alien. In other words, the person himself is not somebody who understands the ideas that you're presenting. He has no the values, the ideas, and so on. Even if you translate it with Google Translate of sorts, it's not doing the job. Because you're not hitting home on any set of ideas or values that that person has. And therefore, if, it do, if, if you don't hit home on the ideas or values that the other person has, you are not getting your message across. Um, you know, a person may tag along, but it's hard to hit home. Every time you speak to somebody, you need to start with the axioms that he has. Someone asked me, well, a few months ago I was somewhere in a town, and someone, some sort of question. Someone asked, 
Um, what argument can you make against gay marriage, which is a very big issue in America today, or I should say it's no more, it's not an issue anymore, um, is in, um, in against a, to somebody who's, you know, not from that, whatever. I told him absolutely none. person said, but you know this, I said, listen, um, an argument works as follows. We start with a common set of givens, and we work through the logic of from the given to the result. Now, if you don't start with a common set of givens, there's no argument. So if we both start with a common set of givens, that the Torah is bind, true and binding. So we can argue back and forth in Pshat the Torah. But if a person comes along and doesn't think that the Torah, he doesn't have that cloud that the Torah is binding, then to tell them some Fursh is meaningless. It, it's, it, it, it's not part of the argument. So if two people come along and they say this is, we believe that this is Emerson binding, we can argue. If a person says, I do not believe in the Torah, I only believe in things that I think are right and wrong, and to me, right and wrong is something that hurts a person. People who do something that both are happy doing, there's no, there's no wrong with it. It could, be, it, it could be inefficient, it could be uncomfortable, anything in the world. If they're both happy with it and their adults make that decision, then there's nothing wrong. How can I argue with that? In other words, if the person's not accepting that set of axioms, then we have no place to go. The learning the other person's language means which are the words that tell the person something that resonates with the person in a way that I can build on top of that. For instance, um, when we come along and we want to argue, we want to argue with Shmir Shabbos to a person who doesn't believe in Emes Torah, doesn't, is, is, is Bechal Shabbos himself. So if this person is a strong believer in Jewish unity, I start by saying, this is where Jewish unity comes from. There are some people who feel so strongly about it, so don't, Shabbos brings together Jewish people. I, I always need to start from the point that there's a given. So, whenever I go out and I'm reaching to somebody who's not there, I need to start with his language. I need to be mefarish in his language. And that takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of experience. The first thing is to recognize that the things that, you, you've been in yeshiva 10, 15, 20, 25 years, and this person all of that vocabulary, I'm not talking about the real vocabulary of the words. Uh, I'm talking about the ideas that to you are pashit, then to him don't begin. And getting a sense of what talks to the person, what resonates with the person, what are his axioms given. I was in, many years ago, I was in America, my father was sick. And I spent some time being there helping out. It was about 25 years ago. And I, my father was in a very... He, he, he was very wise and, and intelligent and spoke beautifully and people liked the point. Wherever he spoke, I mean, he would say short things, it was like, uh, but, 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 but he would he'd get across. And I had a speaking engagement, someone invited me to a very to a modern of our community to speak. And my father asked me, I thought he asked me what I'm going to say, so I started saying. And he cut me short and he said, no, who are you speaking to? Before you ask yourself what you're saying, the, the question is, you're talking to somebody. 
Communication starts with the person communicating to. Who are they? What are their values? What speaks to them? What, what words are meaningless to them? What ideas are meaningless to them? And you can't do anything with those ideas. What you can do is two things. You can build using their vocabulary, their, their, their axioms, build to your point. Um, and second, once a person gets into, so much of a person starts learning, there's a slow absorption of another vocabulary. It's slow at that age, especially in that setting, but, but there's something happening and eventually you hope to begin to change his vocabulary. And this is the second point that I want to make, this flip side of it. So, we walk into, and my experience, um, my experience in, in the Kirwa, I used to teach in Shatora, I used to have a lot of guests from Osamer and Shlomo, like familiar, each one has a wonderful different facet of what they do. But Asia Torah, one of the, their extraordinary successes was they figured out very quickly the language of the people they're talking about. And they identified that language. People are into Jewish unity. People are into happy marriage, healthy families, great kids. That was once upon a time, a long time ago. But, 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 yeah, but that was I'm just giving the example of, of what... Um, you know, um, caring, uh, you know, things of that nature. And they used those words mercilessly. I mean, they were mefavish kalatayrakula with those words. It was one of those languages. And they were strikingly effective at bringing people to the door that way. Now, the, the problem with that is that you can't leave it at that stage because then it becomes a tergum and not a pirush. And you, you can't, you know, ideally, let's put it this way, in, in the long run, you can't use that. You create a bubble of people who have something that resembles Torah, a lot of same halachis, but a, a vocabulary so cut off from the shoresh that basically it's almost um, unrecognizable. It's, it's technically recognizable, keep the do good things, and so on, but it's like talking to, to somebody from Mars, not, not the same language. And that's a problem, because like we said before, a tirgum is a tragedy, because the language you express something in is the ultimate Havana. So you need, to, you're really standing on a double-edged sword, you need to use that person's vocabulary, and vocabulary I mean the basic fundamental understandings, and bring him eventually to your world of understandings. It's even a step further than that. The chance is that you may become so into his vocabulary that you begin to lose your own vocabulary. Um, the Chavetz Chaim used to say, in, in the old days in Europe, um, uh, Malamdim used to give kids prizes for you know knowing something. So, you know, things haven't changed, but they didn't have much money, they didn't have much prizes. So one of the prizes a Malamid would give a kid would be a brass button that that they made shiny, a shiny brass button. So a shiny brass button is not wasn't even then worth much, but for a kid, it's a shiny brass button. That's that. 
So in Yiddish, it's called a meshene knop. Meshene is, is brass, and knop is a, is, is a uh, button. So he, um, so the Chavaz Chaim once said, by a melamed, a meshene knop is, is, a, is, a, is a valuable object. Like, he's so used to the kids, and whoever knows, this, this, this copper brass button, this brass button, I'm telling you, it's only the kids know best and getting this hits, waiting for set. He himself begins to look at a brass button as being a chashva item. It's it, we ourselves were people, and if we invest ourselves in a different world, we slowly begin to lose it. And until we also speak about happiness and Jewish unity, and it, not that they're bad things, but it, it's like we lose our own vocabulary. I'd like to go back to that pasuk. He would go around. Went to each every place. So yes, the terch of going someplace. The, the, the hassle, the Turks are there, all true. It also meant he went to each Makom and stelled suit to the Makom. The people in Gilgal were one thing in Mitzvah. Remember, in those days especially, that communication and transportation was, was weak and, and difficult. They had their own connection. But you always come back home. In other words, the, 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 he kept realigning and resynchronizing the the Torah that he taught out there to the Torah that he was Yonik from. And in order to make sure that he stays that way and that the Torah that is feeding them is always coming with Emes. Um, a, a, a dogma of something in our Shanjafal Hirsch, if you look at, if you learn his farm, they're astounding for two reasons. First of all, he knew German Jewry had in a short time developed a vocabulary totally different than anything Kaiser had before. The German mindset was, you know, a, 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 a very fair society, functioning in harmony, accomplishing great things, the, the whole, they, they, they swallowed everything hook, line, and sinker. The, the, what a hundred years ago had been the, the, the flood or, or anything of that nature, those, those words didn't exist anymore. They didn't speak to them. And that's why the older button couldn't get anywhere with that. He developed a vocabulary. Every mitzvah teaches us to bring out the best in the human and in humanity. And, and he's marvelous how he does it. Chorev um, is, is, is a work translating the entire Sefer Torah into German mindset of that generation. Let me tell you another secret. I, I know his grandson, grandson meaning great-great-grandson, it's Ralph here, but Klugman, he worked on his biography, and he had a lot of his personal notes. His notes on Chorev started. He lists every Pasik and every Chazal, and every Zohar, on every mitzvah. And, and he learned that, Molded over, <laughs> throw it through, and then was mefarish it in German. In German, I know it's so me the language. I mean, in German, that's Reb Shachar Hirsch. Um, it's something that requires holding on to both ends at the same time. So there's the to go there to find them there with their language, and on the other hand. Um, ne- ne- not to lose yours. I remember for me, 
when I came to America, I'd been in that all 25 years. It was a painful adjustment. A painful, every second word, people would say, what was that you were saying? And so I slowly, painfully learned how to reach out. Like, a yeshiva man called me up once about a shidduch. And it's kind of, I picked up the phone absentmindedly. Hello, it's a shy and fine. I still, like, he said, you know, I have a daughter. They read me, this is Bachar Yeshiva. Bachar was, was a big mitzvah. So, like, my autopilot went home and said, yeah, he's somebody who's very fastidious in his studies and he has great insights. And, and, and I hear this shocked pause at the end. And he says, Aaron, he says, tell me in, in, in human language, he's a masmid, he's a, he's a, he's a balkishwin, he's Ehrlich, what's this fastidious, and what's this, this, and studious, and fastidious, what are you talking about? And I, you know, I, I had to switch the button back and forth because, you know, I, I just, I had relearned how to, how to, uh, you know, speak, say it out in their language, and, and I had to go back to this language. So an extraordinary important key is that a person needs to keep his own while he is, um, while he's going out. There's a similar idea, a very different context. Um, it's towards the end of Shmuel. This is where David went and fought some of the Amalekim and with some of the some of his last battles over here. And it said, so he said like this. So there was a whole ASIC. The people went with David to fight, and they said, you know. The guys who stayed back home, they, 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 should, they, they shouldn't be getting from the Shalom. Everybody gets back what they, you know, no loss for anybody, but they're not going to get the gains. We fought for it. He said, my dear brothers, don't do that. He said, who's the one who gave us everything. The person, the people who went out to battle and the people who sat back behind kind of guarding the fortress, they would split it equally. That's the possibility. Um, it's it's a it's a pasuk that is um, it, it, you know it, it, the context is very clear context it's it's kipshutai but I think over here there's something a, a deeper nekuda you know you have different times in in the VM where the way they won a war was as follows um, and this was a, not an uncommon tactic in the old days you would start a skirmish with an enemy, you would pretend you're losing, the enemy smelled blood, they would all charge out, and, and, um, and, and then they would chase this group of people, there would be some sort of trap waiting for them there, and then there would be a, a huge part of that army would come to the city and ransack it and, and burn it to the ground, so on and so forth. So you could not send out troops without having a strong guard standing there. So therefore, um, yes, in terms of personal sacrifice, the people who went out sacrificed more. But in terms of importance, 
who who's responsible, so to speak, for the victory? The answer is the people sitting there have as much as a chelik as people out there. Understanding that the people who are in that center, where Torah is learned in its original language, and is is very very that's ki'ilu the anchor of Kal Yisrael. Because at the end of the day, everybody calibrates their sense of mitzvahs, Torah, and everything with those people. I had a friend of mine who was um, living at his own my age, and you know, financially was strapped, and he went off to, I think it was somewhere in California, not Los Angeles, but somewhere in California that had a very wealthy community. It was near Los Angeles, but not Los Angeles proper. And they paid him extremely well. He was there two years, he came back, um, I told him, you know, I, I didn't think that they would pay you so much that you can retire on it. So what's, what's the pshat? He told me, when you're in a community where reading a line of Gemara makes you the Rashki Bahag, one incentive is that to learn Ketzeis. In other words, he felt himself going down the tubes in terms of his own sense of what's good, what's what's um, an achievement. And he didn't want to lose that. And, and he came back and he sacrificed a lot. It wasn't easy for him. Understanding, there are many, there are many ways in, in terms of implementation. But the point is that, A, you, you need to have a foot in the other world, and you can never take a foot out of this world. Um, I once spoke to somebody, this is a person who unfortunately goes very far. And, I mean, he's not doing right things, but he goes very far out to reach for people out, outside and bring them in. He does things that are like sure, and, and um, he, he asked me about it once. I think he means well, I think so, but, but like upon him, what he does is he goes past anything. So, I told, so, so he said, you know, people are sinking, people are dying. I said, let me give you a marshal. Somebody is drowning. The further, I said, you need two things that are very important. The further out he is, the longer of a rope you need. But the longer of a rope you extend, the more firm of an anchor you need where you are, or else you will join in there. Because you get a lot of leverage when it's very long. And I said, your anchor is rapidly becoming uprooted, and you better watch it. I said, you're reaching them, but you're joining them. So that's not a big, it's not a big hotman to reach them. Um, and so, and it's, 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 you know, there's not, no easy clone to give, but to understand the two halakim. So let's just recap what I was trying to say here. What I'm trying to say here is um, there is reaching out is an extraordinary chiv, like we said the first, the pasik. It's not just the chiv of a person of kiruv. It's the shayfte and higa Yisrael need to make those rounds to go from the Gilgal to the Pisgah to here to there, and if they don't, then it's, a, it, it's the, 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 the Navi calls you to task on it. It's not on every person maybe, but, but, but as a cloud. So doing this type of thing, and, and it, it, it could be even living in a very firm community, but you're reaching out to people that are out. It's your business. If there's a Yid who's not there, it is our business. It's a collective business, which, which always makes it hard to know who's got to be a Christ. But it is tremendous surprise, and fulfilling it is fulfilling this this hanog of Shmuel Navi, which is an extraordinary hanog. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is manhigus. There are the, the 
the second thing is to realize that reaching out means that you need to speak his language, which means trying to understand the person. Um, at this point that I'm talking to him, what's meaningful to him? What are hopes? What are dreams? What's right? What's wrong? I, I, I have to start with his understandings and try to explain it to him. I also need to understand that my job is not only to bring him closer to technical shenanigans, but that he understands that the language he understands is the language of Torah, not a translation. Torah can't be translated, it can be explained, but not translated. And therefore, the more I bring him to the Nekudas, and it's hard, but when you're young and you're immersed in the yeshiva, you take somebody who's not from anything, but you come to yeshiva, he's two years in yeshiva, he's immersed. He learns the words, you have to say also, just like a child learns words by experience, not by a teacher cranking it out. When somebody says Kedusha, and I try to explain to him, the Zohar can explain to him. If a person experiences him, keep it together, me, a Seder, a, 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 a meaningful moment. So Kedusha is the word that describes that feeling. So, so I have a set of feelings you can associate with. So bringing people and moving them forward. One of the struggles of many places out there that have been successful is as follows. I mean, quite a few places struggle with this. You, you create a, 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 some sort of cure of matzah in a place that nothing existed. And there are 100 people that you reached out. Amazing. That's an amazing accomplishment. It's done. And now you have 100 people. It's five years later. These people have moved forward a lot. And you still get people coming in from Noahsville. And the services still have a lot of problems in English. And you still speak about Moses and this and that. And people get to fret. The old timers say, no, we want Moshe Rabbeinu, and we want a Davin, and, and uh, you know, we, we, we don't want that. And then you start having a lot of stresses and strains, and different people have dealt with it. You know, some, place have a, some people have a beginner's minion, some people have a veteran's minion, each, each one depending on, on who, who they see the ikon and couple. But it's a problem. Because you're supposed to move people forward, not just in technical observance, but in understanding, in, in the herring. Um the um, it finally, your own self, you need to understand that if you're very good at what you're doing and you're involved in, 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 in that person's world, um, you begin to lose your anchor. And you need, I know a, a Rav, this person deals with a very, very crazy community, but it's a Rav with a lot of all and a lot of shyness and issues. Every other year, he takes off three months where he's totally inaccessible, goes to Israel and sits on us for three months straight, young Valila, because he knows that, you know, he, he needs it. So, so anytime you have a, 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 a situation like that, uh, understand, understand the, um, the process, understand what happens, understand what you need to do. Those are the points I want to make. I guess we can leave a few minutes, I think, minutes to o'clock, you said or something. So uh, if you want to discuss something, whatever it is, I'm, I'm happy. Yes? Keeping that, that sense of where you came from, you yeah. going out, it seems that the, from the stories that we mentioned, it seems that the only way to do that is to actually remeshkia re- yourself and learn for three months. When you're out there and, you're not, and you, you don't have an opportunity, where do you, where do you find that, that safe? You know, if a person has, as, be more practical, that person's rabbinist is very well established and he's very well sought after, so he can take that three months off and yes. he has a system. If you take one Seder a week and Skype and learn with somebody who's 
in a soul or in a <coughs> liquid, if you if you kaveya one set a week to learn the unit to keep writing things, if you kaveya to listen to shurim shmuzim from people that are from that world, <coughs> it keeps it connected. You, you don't lose. You know the, the meshna knuf doesn't become you know your, your, your item of value. But the first thing just realize a person a person will say the following. You know. I'm a very effective person. I'm torn to pieces. Sitting and learning with my chavrus and Yerushalayim, in those two or three hours, I could be saving somebody's Yiddishkeit. Yes, but it's like the same idea where instead of investing in cementing the, the post down, I keep buying more and more rope. It's like the Mishnah says, when the Anofim Amaruba and the Shrasha Mortin that nothing themselves become the leverage to uproot the, 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 the and there have been you know there have been people who've really gone past you know they, they've gone to the other side they, they meant well they wanted well they just got so involved that they just lost it. yes is there an objective uh, definition of the language of the Torah the German who is um, quoted by our church. Is he living falsely now? He has a false idea of what the Torah is? What he has an explanation. The difference in explanation is language. Like we said, you can explain something well so that for all practical purposes you have it down right, but the inner flavor and feeling and emotion is not, is not that, and it needs to be something else. So, so it's, it's, it's a mila, it's a, it's a panemistic mila. You say the original language that we're saying the Gemara. Can we just yeah, the Gemara Chazal. One one of the differences. Is, I don't want to go far afield, but between philosophy and Kabbalah, explaining things. Philosophy explains Torah in terms of terminology that the world has, so you could do a very good job in it, but it's limited. And Kabbalah is an understanding that comes minei obey. I once saw a safer. I've been looking for it. And I'm lazy. I know how I can find it, but I've been too lazy to do it. I, I have nothing to be as a kind of upstairs in the, the second floor over there, and has all this fun that people sent that he really didn't feel he would use frequently or whatever it is. So there's huge rolls of spark. I was staying there once, and I picked out a safe at random, and I found the following. It was a safe written by somebody very modern. He writes Shtick of Taira, Lomdish Shtick of Taira, and in language it's extremely modern. You know, the, the like academic type stuff, but but with with Sudinian, but you know, he to approaches it's a very different flavor. And I remember the name of the person. I was, I was trying to get hold because I, I needed, and it had an ask of Michael Feinstein. So I was really curious about that. So I read it. You know, you only read the but this was interesting. So I guess this person was from a friend or supporter of Michael Feinstein. So he was, I went over some of the Shtiklach, and he's he's. He compliments it. He says, but I cannot stop myself from making a certain ha'ara. He says, my chinuch is that the language of Torah also has to be Torah. And this is not the language of Mechunachim. This is not the language of Torah. It's, it's not that the things are right or wrong, but the, the language of a shikal Torah is part and parcel of the Torah. Um, there's a, a lot in the Zayah. Kahadin comes like a grasshopper 
the mashchemineu bay, I think it's say, it, it, its skin is itself because it molds and it gives off the skin sometimes. So the skin and the grasshopper one is the same. It's not another layer. It's kilu, there's a gufa chapter. The divrei the, the language of, well, one of the things that that was so astounding, really astounding, was, I mean, his, his articulation was extraordinary, his explanation, his command of language, the many places they could draw from, he never ever sounded that he's come from a different world. His kayak was that different were explained in Obey. It never was... Translating it, he never was even far issue. He, he brought out the things themselves. It was an incredible kayak, but but it left people. You know, there are other people that can say things similar. It sounds like it's coming from academia. It sounds like it's coming from some dream uh, spirituality. Uh, many, you know, there are many people that say things, and you say to yourself, you know, I can't say that anything wrong per se with what he said, but the language is is just not. It's just off base. Something about it. Um, no, those, those are those elements of, of language. Yes. What? Who's the arm of American society in contract to Bayside? You were talking about the idea of going out to the arm, and here's Bayside. What level, to what level are we, are we in terms of the arm? So, uh, uh, people who are learning Torah full time means that they're learning Torah, but Torah. When we were, when we are in, in, in kids in, the, in yeshiva, there were two tracks. There was Ivris be Ivris and Ivris be Yiddish. So the from kids would learn Ivris be Yiddish, that is they would translate Yiddish. More modern kids learned Ivris be Ivris used to call that various by various. That was the that was the that was the uh, you know was, but but so people that are learning so their terms and their musagim are from within Torah is a reality in itself. For the people that don't need to translate it, that means it's their language. Is not describing an emotion? A very deep attachment, yes. It's, it's, attachment. it's, it's, not, it's not like the Yes, but, but, but at the end of the day, Kedusha to me means what I feel and sense when the word Kedusha is said. It's a technical halachas, what's mutter, what's asa, but you know, the Ramam is a safer Kedusha, which deals with, with, with Machos Asurs and Surabiyah, but at the end of the day, it's meaningful in, 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 what, in what my heart and the associates with. Yeah. As Rabbi was saying, someone who had been through the yeshiva system, who you might consider a yeshiva man, but then once he gets out there, you would realize that perhaps the reason why he's going over to the other side is because he never really made the yeshiva system part of himself, or it's just that he ended up going too far over and and was speaking their language too often. I think, listen, it, it, the cause was the more it's rooted in you and anchored in you, the more the, the you'll never get away from it. Um, you know, people, once they have a language, at a certain age, whatever other language they learn, it's always with some of an accent, not 100% natural, and so on. So it, it's always a combination of one or the other. For some people, you know, there were some people, again, I don't want to say names, not important, but there were some people who were rooted, but they, they went out, they got fashlept in it. Was it because um, people admired them? Was it became from a sincere wanting to reach out to these people? I, I don't know. You know, each person was different, but but it, it's something a person has to recognize that you're not do, you're not even the minute you take the other foot out of this world, you're no longer giving real Torah. 
So, you know, of course, a person keeps mitzvahs, it's wonderful, but you, you, you're beginning already to give them things that are, that are locky. Yeah. yeah. To put it as a heretic. Who says that is To put it as what? A heretic. Yeah. Who says it's important? Who says it's important? All right, he's keeping all of the, the mitzvahs, not doing any barriers, and he's bringing it back to Kuna Alam. So, so. If everything we say there, how do you define this? Under- I have, uh, I had a chavrusa, a friend, a slan So he once asked the, he once asked the rebbe about staying up the night before the bris. The rebbe didn't hold a bit. He felt, you know, your, your mind is out of it, you're tired, is that. So the rebbe told him a marshal. This is the Sivashal. He told him that when he was a young person in, in Baranovich, he learned Baranovich, that's where Yeshiva was. So he met a, a peasant who was a thinker. And the peasants said he'd given a lot of thought to the world and every part of the world. He examined the human body, and for every part of the human body, he came up with a function, except for the head. He didn't figure out what the point of the head was. And after much thought, he realized the head is the ideal place to hang a hat on. <laughs> so, so his point was, you're doing a mitzvah with your hands, with your feet, your mouth, but when you're groggy and you're tired, without your head, a person's neshama, heart, chiyus, is not important. Akadosh Baruch wants our hands and feet. Our hands should put on film and our neshama not be in it. We shouldn't connect. It's not ma'akiv because it'll bring to it. But how, I mean, do you really think that, the, you know, that the head is just there to hang the spudik on? You know, it, it, it's, it, 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 it can't be and, and I mean, the Vanessa, I don't, I don't want to quote be the, I don't want to quote, I, I think it should be muscle vision the person, that if our most prized um, parts of ourselves is the heart and the mind, it must be that that's the prized elements in every mitzvah of Rahman Alibabay. Yes? Rinda's um, explanation in, in the language of the people that are receiving, Rinda's explanation end and we start to be much build a total value to try and explain it to them. Um, on a practical level, if you if you never use the Hebrew, if you never say it first in Hebrew and then translate it, uh, you know, so, so that's explanation. If you keep developing the vocabulary, talk, I understand the downside of using using Hebrew words and Yiddishisms, but nobody understands it. I, I get that. There was Aynesha Torah. I used to teach like intermediates of older boys. And then I did one shear in, in uh, Derech Hashem for like rank beginners. Like people just walked off the street kind of type people. And one of them, he's today himself a mechanic. He, he told me, he used to say to Sherman, understood them. But I used two words that kept driving him out of his mind. Gashmis and Ruchnis. And he couldn't figure out what the world it was. So... You know, it, it, the using the language, sometimes explaining something, when you want to explain Kedusha to people. So, generally speaking, you have to explain in terms why it makes a better match, not a better match, this, that, the other thing. But sometimes you need to bring out the point we identify Kedusha by what Kedusha is, and we change our hearts and souls to resonate to Kedusha instead of reinterpreting Kedusha. You can make that point as well. There's a place when a person is ready for it. Or we tell them, just feel, and that experience that you had there was Kedusha, was Tahara, 
was was Torah. Use like a child. Use those experiences. They're not going to come often, but when they do come, they're very very important to, to have that. When Rav Shemin came, Rav Shemin came to Silver Spring. Um, I don't know how many years ago, it was 10 years ago, 12 years ago, he went around America a lot, and we were the last outpost, he, he made it to us. So, um, I introduced him first, I spoke in English, so I could say what I wanted, if Shaman wasn't, uh, you know. Um, and I told them that when the Sfasemis was a very, very young boy, the Chedusha Rim took him to see the Kotzka. And he must have been so young that it didn't even make sense for the, for the Sfasemis. So someone asked the Kedush Rim, why are you taking him? So he said, Let him see a true Jew once in his life. The, 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 you know, when you have a yardstick, having even once a glimpse of somebody who's Emis is, is, is a, at least it, it's a model for other things. So, so having that sense, you know, a person meets a big person, so on, that gives you that yardstick for what's Emes. Yes? This is, this is mainly my saying it. Um, it seems, I think, correct me wrong, that there's a movement of, there's a large group of people out there who are starting to learn Sipra Kassidus. Yeah. See, it's getting more and more popular. Us, as people who kind of go to Mashkian, we hear a little bit about what the wrong things, and if it can die for us to be spending time, because it seems like that is the language that's, that's talking to people. So the okay the language that talks so, so so two things are very important when you communicate with somebody else it, it has to be in their language it also has to speak to you um, I tell people what safe to use they said it's very important a safer that moves you is has a lot of kadima of a safer that doesn't um, to teach somebody else something that really kind of leaves you high and dry but you think this person might enjoy it it's hard if you if your tone of voice is Matter of fact, it's what it says. But if you yourself resonate to it, then this comes in every stripe or shape or whatever you want. And and, and people, it's it's not really mikshachas in a daima chabad to Breslov to pshischa to anything like that. Those are all very different worlds. I, I, and so, it, it, a it's important. Define a safer that if you heard it from somebody and you feel you got a lot out of it, then it's what to pass on. Um, if you never heard it, to you it's strange and it doesn't, it's just not moving you, there's no point in it really. You know, Mishabura, whether it moves you or not, you know, I'm saying, whatever it is, it's halacha. These things, it has to move you and then, and then you have to try to pick up pieces that move the other person. to to give them over Torah in the, the original language, as the Rav says? Yes. And even though, even though people might not appreciate it yet, they appreciate you as a person, and they say that you're a fantastic person, you're wonderful, even though you're not able to speak their language so much, they want to listen, and they want to be part, just because of the person that you are. So, the answer is, it is true that, the, but, you're the Ravid is shul, and these people must come to shul, whether they like it or not, then okay. But if they're coming here is because they're drawn, so if you have a phenomenal magnetic personality that just come to gaze at 
you and Lucian and everything like that, then, 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 then okay. But, um, but, but you have, so that's the thing, if you mix the pitches, if you, if, if you speak the large percentage of time things they understand, and every so often you allow yourself to say over something, you say, you may not understand it, but this was so deeply meaningful, it then has a, a, a shyness. Sorry, yeah, yeah. It's in the show, if the show gets evenly divided between the Shem and Kalim, and those that are going out, right. those that are going out risk cutting off or losing their anchor. Right. Would that be a silly decision for somebody to take that that side of the? Yes, my Shem. The answer is it depends what you're good at doing. We don't know what a Baruch who wants from us. Unfortunately. We don't have a Navi and someone that can tell us that. So if a person makes a decision, if, if, if the decision is made because I'm such a powerful anchor that I, I, I'm an anchor in the base Medrash, I'm here Friday and Monday, Shabbos and Sunday, and I don't care for much other things, and I'm Rosh Ruba in it, and this is me, then yes. If I'm a person that has personality and I can go out and do the shine of, of having a little more of Hab, less of Hab, because I might get a little, it's not a, it's not a good shikul. The real shikul should be, what are the one I need? What are the kalim I have? And where can I best use them? Um, so, you know, you always have to ask yourself, and is it an environment that I can survive? But the first, whether, when a person decides if he's going out to war, whether he's going to sit with the kalim or go out, it really should be up to what the person's is up. He's young, strong, and, and, and big, he should go out and fight. If he's older and staying there and defending what's there with, 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 with all those things, that's it. Yes? I, just wanna, I think the question asked before regarding Casillas was more of, it's become a way of cure. Yeah. Um, putting aside the Spartan used for, for that method, is the method itself something that... Well, how would you describe the method? We don't know. So, 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 <laughs> let, me, so, let, me, so let me give you... Okay, so let's talk about it a little bit. Um, the, 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 the point of Chassidus that I think has become positive in Kirov is the idea that experiential Judaism has in itself a much stronger drawn person than just cerebral you know, explanations of doing good and so on and so forth. So the singing together, a tish, um, you know, things that really, really bring out a sense of experiencing emotions. But Yiddishkeit is very powerful. Hasidus, that element of Hasidus did it, and that was very effective. And definitely that's a very effective. A, a, a lot more people, if, if, you, if you do a good kumzitz, a lot more people will get attached than if you say a nice share. So doing, bringing in that element, singing together, kumzitzing, being speaking spiritual things, you know, late like that. Those are very positive elements. So, so that part of Hasidus definitely is 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 uh, something to learn from. Um, not everyone has the cognition to do it, but if you have the cognition to do it, definitely you should. You know, it's it's, it's a very positive thing. That's been that's been done. The kumzitism, those those things that bring up, that bring out the hargosh and the late, that's been done for a while. It seems that it's become much more than that. It seems that it's become or it's becoming that that. 
this is this is how we connect to Yiddish. It's, it's more than just a way to be mekayer. So, 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 so what is it? Is, you know, in, in, so explain to me what what it is that you're referring to. That's, I'm, I'm I'm trying to have a hard time. What? Pinis are means is a person. is a person. So again, if the different Torah that have a focus of an emotional attachment to Kaddish how Kaddish Baruch loves you, and this is Mahabit Kaddish Baruch and this type of thing, again, those are perfectly valid different Torah, and putting the emphasis on that over other things, if that brings people, is valid. What? I guess it's probably more mystical. But so, so I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, but again, w- w- like, give, give, give. Uh, as we say, Brooklyn. Uh, for instance. Give, good. What's your for instance? We're, we're dealing with Balbati. Yes. Growing up, I was in Litvish Yeshiva. So the the Iker was a guy sitting and learning Torah. Yes. Doing, doing this, learning Torah all day. That was a schmitz, and, and it is. But there was no way to. There was no way. We, we didn't. I didn't see any mylon in being a Balbati sitting and working behind right. a computer. He was. He was the lowest of the low. He, he was not considered a schmitz. Being able to teach a person how what he's doing over there is a chash of zach, and how he's being being a kaddish in he's being taken to oilam, and and there's, there's an avoid for every every yid in a different place in a different environment that not everybody is supposed to be. So a, I, I interrupt. That, that, that's not only chassidus. They're trying to fall hirsch. You know, I'm serious. It, of course, of course, of course. The lights and the lips are where I would teach you. That's not what they're teaching us. But but it's absurd to teach that to somebody. To tell somebody that no matter what you do, your shay gets is, is not is not a an invigorating message. You know, it, 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 no, I'm, I'm serious. It, it, Have you found that as as you as you go out to like shmuel mosi because you use the analogy like what like shmuel or mosi right? Yeah. The question is, has he, uh, this is Rama Ramat Agolan, right? When he, gets, when he gets back, when the person gets back, does he see that that just possibly? Um, the insularness of, of, of staying in, in the in the anchor has maybe affected his, the establishment to the extent that they don't necessarily appreciate what they're supposed to appreciate, and and the, having that broader vision of what talks to Amaratsim has has realized that there's maybe a lack in the establishment. You know, we ha- we have a very because probably gave us a fascinating ability. I mean, it's incredible. The person is a Bria that reflects so much deeper by the way it's constructed. It's normal we expect to see everything two-dimensionally. That's a normal way of looking at things because flat screen, everything. How does a person sense three-dimensional? How do I know that the outer railing is approximately a few feet beyond and so on? How do I have that sense? So there are a few ways. The primary way is because I have two eyes, and each eye sees something different. The way light strikes this, and I get two pictures. That's confusing. The brain sits like a computer and says, if the right eye gave you this picture, and the left eye gave you this picture, it must be that it's something is behind something else, and that's why I'm seeing that way. If you ever see those kaleidoscopes that before they invented, you know, any screens, they had these where you can see three-dimensional, you know, when you go to a place, that's how it works. There are two different pictures in each eye, and therefore you're seeing really, and the brain puts together three dimensions. If the question is, is this right or is this wrong, then it's flat and two-dimensional, and you keep being baffled. Because this is right, and this is right, and this is wrong, this is wrong. With, uh, with time, you begin to understand 
There's, it's like three dimensions, and I can't really say this is right, this is wrong. It's the two together. Um, had the yeshivas, when I, when I was growing up, yeshivas Kamat did not exist in America. So Lakewood was fledging, had 70, 80, and then YU was the only other yeshiva. Everything else was, was, was nothing, it was like a handful or two. Sitting and learning was understood to be somebody that can, that can speak a sermon in English. Um, that was a major Talmud Chacham. The, the, the concept of what learning is, what Torah is, what is, didn't exist. I mean, there were religious people, Orthodox people, but where? Very far. Pushing this, the wheel hard right produced people that understand things, the Lambdas and the Havana and the Tvisa. The natural thing is that that creates um, a very strong pull to the right. Then people went out and they screamed, look what's out there. You, you people are living in a dream world. You're burying your heads in sand. There are, you're 10% of the population at best, 90% of the Jews are after assimilated. The MS lies when you can put the two pictures together and see a full, a full thing. That, that's, that's where the MS lies. The question of the MS of, of, the, of the ideals. The question of those ideals. I mean, even the concept of only terror and nothing else. Some say putting together all, it's three, it's, Depends for whom, for when, how, where, why. That there's Einoid Bilvada, only Akash Baruch Hu, and, and so on, is the Emeslamitri, but Akash Baruch put in a world where it's not like that. And just like I, I have to live in this world with Teva and with Akash Baruch Hu, I, if I don't make a mic around my porch and Sami Hasram is hurt, I don't say, listen, Akash Baruch runs the world. He wanted to be hurt. He just, the answer is no, you're Otsech. You, you didn't make a Micah. People fall off because gravity pulls you off. On the other hand, person has to say, you know, Kashrov was Mizam that he came to the porch and happened not to have a mic at that night and he was talking on the cell phone and just walked off and that was it. it you know, from the concise. I mean, the, 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 if people come out of here and for 10 years they never want a concise, does that mean they're a failure? That's the question. You know, it's, it's, it's a question of putting together the picture right. I, I, Baruch Hashem, I can't think anybody has a failure. Not for having learned, and not for having gone out. Too much to so, 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 so the question is, it says, Balyechsar HaMozik, the Sanhedrin woman, Muzogim. Life is about understanding how the right balance of different things. It's like, you know, they have the crazy things in America. Somebody comes up that carrots are healthy. So there's carrot bread and carrot cake and carrot grated and carrot 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 until the next that comes out that's unhealthy. So carrot free, carrot free, carrot free, carrot. Free. <laughs> and somebody comes along and says, no, maybe one carrot is good for you, but 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 nine or nine nine carrots is not good for you. Like like people don't don't realize, you know, the 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 wine that's not muzik you can vote, and wine that's overly muzik you make a shahako. It's not wine. So somewhere along the line, that's where it is. Yes. This, this ability to take our language and be able to present it in Canada as their language, is there any way to develop and nurture that while we're here? Um, is it something that should be done? Just like, if this is your goal, just like when you're there, you have to keep on here. If, if this is within year two or three, you don't get So learn, teach a group of people in some setting once a week, once every week, who know nothing. And get used to it. I remember the first time I started teaching Yeshat Torah was the highest group Gemara. And I was baffled at how many things made no sense to them that I thought was perfectly made sense. 
And, and I just realized I'm, there's so many things that's been used to it that I don't realize. And it was for me a, a learning curve to, to try and understand. I, I remember there's one thing specifically. There was a run that said something, the halach is something is mutter because of this. So he asked him, so how is the run holding the Gemara? So he says, mutter. He says, no, it's usher. He's saying because of a very specific technical reason. But the etzen yoga. But he says it's, it's a mutter. How do you say it? He says it's usher. And, and, and we're going round and round, and I, 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 I didn't know why they can't get it. And I thought, for me, this has been, Melissa, this is the type of words and thinking that, and this is the type of way people express themselves. I had to explain to them this between the etzim and, and the mikra, and this is because of a tam rather than the etzim alacha, and, and so on and so forth. It, it's, it's, it, it does take time, and, and you're best off learning when it's not a, your job, but when, when, you, know, when, you, when you can, uh, as they say, there's an expression in Yiddish, you, you, you learn to do haircuts on somebody else's beard, not on your own beard. You know? So, yes, it's a, it's a, so, so to do some of it, but again, this time should be spent on what you're supposed to do. Why is Rav not suggesting to be like Shmuel, actually be like Shmuel, and stay in one place and go travel around and inspire people? Or that doesn't really work like that? There or is some, there, 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 there for that? Most people need, the, peop, the person that inspires those people in, in a, 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 is your person. It's the home that welcomes you, it's the person that's there for you, it's the family that's yours. The personal <coughs> element is, is, the most probably the most important part of it. So yes, there are good speakers go around speaking from place to place, and you see them in the newspaper, and you know they're, they're, they're fine. Those those they inspire you in that. But the most of the curve is done not by a speaker who spoke especially, by a person who's there for you, people that you connect to, that you like, that you respect, that you want to be like. And there's nothing to there's nothing that will that will uh, replace that. So how this idea that Urshina mentioned. About when you're deci- when you're deciding on, on what to say, you don't necessarily consider only what you want to say, but also who you're speaking to. Not also, you start with who's you speak to. You work your way back. Yeah, yes. Uh, uh, application question: If uh, if a, if a balabas offers you an hour of his time a week to learn whatever you want, yeah. So how do you how do you convey what to learn with him? Bedarikal, it should be something that will engage him the most. Um, if it's a type of person that will like. Gemara and the back and forth on it, go with that. What you want to do is he should like that hour. More than anything else, he should enjoy it and look forward to it. Um, and you know, some people like simple Musa, some people like sophisticated Musa, some people like Gemara. And, 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 and you know, you have to use the right Gemara, so you have to go, you have to talk about it, argue. The main thing is he needs to feel the thrill of Shagataya. If, if you have a limited amount of time, the first thing is to get the person engaged with whatever it is that you're learning with him. Okay, I guess. I'm sorry, who am I speaking to? I don't know who you... Darren Golden. Yeah. For people who are really based Medrash and planning to go out and want to retain that anchor later on, is there anything they could do now to intensify their connection to the anchor to, to prepare themselves that when they go out, they'll still be anchored better? I think... It's finding the limud that both in halacha and in agada that speaks to the core of them. What's the type of eon that they really feel brings out the best in them? The thing that they have a zika to, and same thing in, in, in agada. Because I think once you identify that, it's, it's easier to keep it going. It has to be something that you really connect to so that even when you have a hairy time and stuff like that, you, you still are able to connect to it.
I think so. Okay, the Seder Gemara.